How do you find the will to fight back against a world that wants to keep you sedated, average, and stuck in place? Join us for the tools and strategies you need to create a life of abundance, discipline, and high achievement. This, this is the Tactical Empire with Jeff Smith. Welcome to another edition of the Tactical Empire. Uh, this week, I am here, joined by my lovely wife, Kirsten Smith. How are you? Welcome. I'm good. How are you? Good, good. I'm glad you're here. Glad you're here. We got some exciting stuff to talk about, so I thought it would be appropriate to grab you and uh, kind of go back and forth about what what we're doing in the, the Smith household. There's always something. Yeah, well, we just got back from annual planning, which for us is usually done at beginning of December. Um, but instead, we moved it this year because, well, we had an anniversary, our 13th wedding anniversary yesterday. And uh, but we also were going to go to the Tampa RV show because we are looking at going full time in an RV um, with our family and kind of getting out of Houston and just traveling for a while. And so I wanted to bring you on because you are kind of the planner. You're you're the level 10 fact finder of our lives. And uh, I am just more of a guy that kind of and builds the parachute on the way down. And so um, you have a different perspective than I do. And I wanted to, I know that we've been getting some questions about this by, from other people. And so um, I want to let you take it where you want to take it, but go ahead and tell us about your RV journey. Oh boy. Um, well, first of all, let me just say, you said we're looking at going full-time in an RV and traveling. Mm -hmm. I think that ship has sailed. So we went to Tampa specifically to go look at a new model that was just unveiled that we've been waiting for for a while and went ahead and made the decision to buy it while we were there. So this thing goes into production next month and God willing, by the end of March, maybe beginning of April, hopefully sooner, we'll actually be able to take possession and we're selling our house and getting rid of stuff and like really making a commitment to do this. So um, it's been really cool to see, I guess, how many people are intrigued by this. I don't know why that really surprised me initially. I think because I thought it was cool, um, but I figured other people would be like, oh, yuck. Why would anyone want to do that? So it was a little surprising that there's been so much really positive feedback and so many people that want to ask more questions and, you know, they're asking us to vlog, learn to make YouTube videos so they can kind of follow along and watch this journey. So that's been really cool. And I've just kind of been compiling a list of questions that people have had. And, you know, when we were talking things over in Tampa, I thought this was a really, really good one because somebody asked what our family conversations looked like as we kind of got closer to making this decision, specifically with having four young kids, how in the world did we convince our kids to like, get rid of their stuff, get rid of, you know, their separate bedrooms and leave our house behind, leave the grandparents live 20 minutes away, leave all of this stuff that they're kind of used to behind, hop in an RV and travel full time. So I thought that was something that was really worth digging into here. 
Sure. Let me let me set the stage a little bit, though, because we uh, were on vacation in Miami at the end of May, uh, you and I alone. And we kind of you say that's not when we really decided. But I feel like that that was the moment in time that I felt like we really agreed and decided that, like, we were going to move in this direction. So we are now fast forward six months from then. And we have been moving in the direction like it's a lot to unpack your house. I mean, we've lived in this house eight years. Um, we've lived in Houston for 15 years and we're, we're talking about leaving it all and uh, kind of it, picking up roots and doing something else. So like you don't realize how much stuff you have. You don't realize how much uh, like it, it's not just th- lock the doors and leave. Um, right. So go ahead, though, because we're six months down the road from this. We've now bought an RV that is in production and now things are getting very, very real. And we're probably like 60 to 90 days from leaving, leaving. So yeah. it's, it's like officially official now. It gave me massive butterflies in my stomach when we actually like shook the salesman's hand and like they ran a credit card for a down payment. And like it was just really real because of everything else that it meant, right? It wasn't just buying that rig. It was also like, oh shit, now you gotta get home. Like I've already started, you know, touch up paint here and there because we've got six people living in this house and like little things and purging and all the things that just need to get done to make it a reality. Like it really hit home at the show. So um, I think the way that the timeline kind of worked for those of you who don't know, Years and years ago, Jeff and I had this idea back before we had kids, probably 12, 13, 14 years ago, shortly after we moved to Houston. uh, I don't know. We were probably sitting around drinking one night and you came up with this great idea. Let's get rid of this house and let's just buy a fifth wheel. And what if we traveled around? I was like, that would be amazing. Think about the people that you would meet and experiences you'd have. And, you know, like RV parks are filled with crusty old veteran guys. And I feel like I'm kind of already married to a young crusty old veteran guy. So I'm like, what kind of stories would you guys all sit around and tell the campfire? It would just be so entertaining. Um, you don't and so I always know. thought it was a really cool thing. What? I said, you don't want to know. You've already heard them. <laughs> That's true. Part of me wants to know. Part of me doesn't want to know. Um, but we obviously never did it. Right. We yeah. ended up right after that. We bought a new house. And then uh, we started a business, we had a baby, we got married, like we did all of this stuff in a relatively short period of time. And then, you know, we just started stacking kids. And next thing you know, we've got, you know, a business that we're going to every day. We're buying a new house to get into the elementary school or we want to send our kids like we had roots. And it's hard to uproot once you kind of let life happen. Right. And I think that we got to a point where we realized that we had let life just kind of box us in, if that makes sense. Um, And we hadn't necessarily done that in a very intentional way. We had just allowed it to happen. So I don't have a lot of regrets in life, but I always said that one of my regrets was not just moving into a fifth wheel and traveling around. And then, you know, with the blessing of COVID and all of that stuff, the kids wound up homeschooled. We ended up selling a business last spring and I think it was probably it was last, last year was 2023. So probably end of 2022, um, we started knocking around this idea. I'm like, why couldn't we do that now? Right? Like you're always at home. Um, the kids are at home anyway. Like we're not stuck in this little plot of land where our house is. We had conversations at the dinner 
table about it and our kids were not on board, right? Especially one kid was not on board. Our kids kind of range in terms of how adventurous they want to be. Um, you know, our nine-year-old, she loves the idea. Like she has everything all planned out. She can't wait. She's like, get me out of the city, put me in an RV, put me on a ranch in the country, but get me out of Houston. Whereas our oldest, you know, being the oldest girl, she is kind of, she's a little more apprehensive about things. So she wasn't quite so sure. So I think that we have a lot of dinner table conversations. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's been an and, evolution of their belief. Right. And excitement. So it's been almost like, like boiling the frog. Right. Because we had so many little conversations about it that eventually they really like they started to become more open minded. Like I remember having dinner, dinner table conversations and Neve was just like, no, absolutely not. Like I will go in an RV because we would go for, you know, four to six weeks over the summer. And she liked that. And she said, I'll do more of that. I will even do like six months, but I want my house, I want my room. I want to come back to this place. I'm not comfortable renting it out. I don't want it to be an Airbnb, like none of it. She wanted to come back to her space. So I really think that having those discussions over time, little by little by little, and really kind of trying to like pick out what the issues were. So, well, what are your reservations? Like, why wouldn't it be fun? And in hindsight, I was thinking about this before we hopped on today that, you know, us from the adult perspective, we think about, okay, the finances, um, the stability, the sense of community, um, how are we gonna work on the road? Can you still make money? We think about all those big questions. And our kids' biggest question from day one, if we moved out of this house and we traveled full-time in an RV was, where do we trick or treat? Yep. Right? That was their huge concern is where do you trick or treat? And so luckily with technology, I just had to show them a few Instagram reels, you know, of 30 to 60 seconds. uh, Like, well, look how badass this RV park is at Halloween because some of these parks go hard for the holidays and some are specifically you know they'll be booked up for months leading up to halloween it's required that you decorate your entire spot some people go above and beyond they've got you know little haunted houses haunted houses that they build there was one place that i saw that i think to drive through the whole rv park and see all of the decorations it was like a two-hour ordeal right so they saw kids in their halloween costumes trick-or-treating and then they realized like oh Okay, I don't have to just be in this neighborhood in order to trick or treat. I can do that on the road. And so once I started kind of getting used to that, we started checking off some of those reservations, right? Then where do I trick or treat wasn't really a question anymore because they could envision their life and the things that are important to them on the road. And, you know, another big thing is we just started paying attention to families that are already doing this and who are producing content around it. So um, like our kids love the YouTube channel, trying something new. Absolutely love it. Like I think last night and this morning, they probably watched like 15 trying something new videos. They'll watch them go on a cruise. They'll watch them, you know, drive cross country. They'll watch this family do anything, but it's really cool because they have three kids and they've been full-timing for nine years now, I think. So, I mean, it's been a really, really long time and, you know, they've been churning out video content forever. So you can go out there and watch a ton of videos and they've actually seen their kids have birthday parties. 
Um, you know, last year they had Friendsgiving down in the Keys and everybody RV'd down there together and all the families had Thanksgiving together. So I think they're understanding that like, sure, life looks different, but it, you don't miss out on things. You can still make it what you want to make it. So as their concerns were, well, what about what are we going to do for Christmas? Then it was our job, I think, as the parents to kind of facilitate the transition and say, well, for Christmas, we're going to come back to Houston every year. You know, we'll come back and we'll see grandma and grandpa. And, you know, if we want to fly your mom down, we want to fly her to meet us anywhere, then we can do that. We're still going to be very intentional about seeing family because that's important to us. And then letting them choose things like, you know, for a while, I think every Saturday was like RV shopping day. And we would take them to a local RV dealer and we would go and we would take measurements of things. And we gave them some input on, you know, what their rooms would look like. Do they want a bunkhouse? Do they want to convert a toy hauler garage? All of that. Do, you know, what kind of rig do we actually want to get? What kind of locations do we want to visit? And so then the kids got to brainstorm all the things. I want to go swim with manatees. I want to spend my birthday in Pigeon Forge and do all the touristy stuff, right? And so being able to facilitate all of that, I think really helped bridge that transition from like normal sticks and bricks to full-time travel. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I think you and I have been focused for years on experiential things with our kids um, yeah. more so than it sounds funny to say, but like more, more so than just like stuff. Right. But I, in the unpacking process and the, the purging process of our entire house, I, I realized that we still got a lot of stuff. Um, and so, uh, but I think that the really exciting thing is all the all the opportunities and experiences that they're going to have on the road. You talked about the ability. We're letting them choose like where they want to do their birthdays and things like that. And and when you have the opportunity to go anywhere for your birthday, it, it kind of changes of excitement. So at yeah. this point, they are very bought in. Um, because they've seen the opportunities that are in front of them with regards to like what we're going to be doing. I think what I, I think the reason our oldest bristled at the beginning is because she was like, oh, we're going to move down the street and live in an RV park south yeah, of like town. And, and we're going to give up everything to live in 350 square feet or whatever. And it, it, you're just going to work all day out of the RV. And so. Right. I could understand why you would have reservations if you thought that's what we were going to do. But I intend on covering the entire United States. And so, but it also is daunting in that it's going to take time and how long it takes, because I, I think you and I were sitting there talking the other day about that. Like you sit down and you look at the schedule of events. Cause I don't want to drive. Like we're not going to pick up and move every third day. The, time goes by very quickly in once you start mapping these state by state routes out. So um, what other questions were you getting from people? So the other one that I thought was really good that kind of ties into getting the kids on board was what the process is for getting rid of all of our stuff. Because mm -hmm. like you said, we have a lot of stuff. And I really think that we probably don't have as much stuff as like the average American because our house flooded pretty significantly. The entire first floor of our house got wiped out in 2017 during Hurricane Harvey. And I mean, we had water up to the countertops. So 
we lost all of our furniture, most of our belongings, clothes, shoes, all sorts of stuff. Um, and we really didn't replace a lot of stuff. I mean, we really did like out of necessity if we needed to, but we kind of played one more day on stuff. If we didn't really need it, then we'd kick the can down the road. And um, I, we don't have as much stuff as we did in you know summer of 2017, but there's a lot of people with a lot of people just comes a lot of stuff. And especially with kids, you know, we've got kid toys and stuff that was upstairs that made it through the flood toys from when me was seven years ago, um, hand-me-down clothes, you know, artwork, random things that Rowan will find on a walk that then becomes a treasure rock collections, all the crap that kids have. Right. Um, so it's, it's definitely process. I think for them to work through that like whole purging process, because I love it. I've always loved to just get rid of stuff. So that's not been an issue for me. I don't really think it's an issue for you either. Um, I've kind of done with the kids is I think one of the key things that we did is we sent the three older ones up to Illinois to go visit family. And they spent about two, two and a half weeks up there last July. And we really started the process without them because by then we had mentally like we made that commitment in you know end of may when we were in my okay we're gonna make this happen what does this actually look like right and then we set out here's what has to get done and obviously we knew that we need to get rid of a bunch of shit so with them being gone that gave us the freedom to tackle the house and get rid of all the stuff that really needed to get purged without having, you know, extra sets of eyeballs being like, oh no, no, wait a minute. I played with that like once in 1988 and I know that it's broken and it's missing an arm, but I love it so much you can't get rid of it. Right? Which is exactly what kids do when they see you pick something up and it's about to go in a garbage bag. Everybody immediately remembers that that's their favorite toy. So not having the older three around and having the youngest one at school during the day, I set a goal for myself, three garbage bags minimum had to leave the house every single day. Whether it was trash, it was donation, it doesn't matter. Put it in a garbage bag and it's got to leave the house. And I think we exceeded three garbage bags a day. Would you agree? Yeah, we did. I mean, I was poor Jeff had to run back and forth in his truck to the donation spot multiple times a day. Because as soon as he'd get back, he'd be like, I got more. Um, but what I've kind of done with them, and I, I didn't throw away their favorite stuff. I don't want to sound like a terrible mean mother. Um, but, you know, things I knew people hadn't played with. In years that you know, I had picked up over, you know, an extended period of time, shove in the closet. That stuff got donated. Um, broken toys, things like that that I knew no one was really going to miss that they needed to part with. Those things got thrown out. Um, so I did a ton of that stuff while they were gone. And then when they came back to get them on board, we kind of came up with a system of, you know, we're going to trash some stuff. We're going to donate some stuff and we're also going to save our stuff. And so it was easy to get them to go through what can be thrown out. Right. And we're doing this in cycles. They can come, they can fill a garbage bag with just stuff that's up in their rooms that needs to get thrown out all the time. Right. Cause they're always producing more arts and crafts and all that stuff. So, um, and they can come up with stuff to donate all the time as well. So again, we're doing, you know, usually on the weekends now we're doing the same kind of thing where we're filling multiple bags um, but what's gotten interesting is the storage aspect. So I, I've given them three categories 
for the stuff that they want to keep. And some stuff is like, I love this. I use it every single day. Um, I would be so sad if I didn't have an RV with me. Okay, so that's their category one keep stuff. That's going to go in the RV. Um, apparently, we're going to have 8,000 stuffed animals in the RV and a Nintendo Switch. That's about so far like what everybody loves. Um, category two is stuff to store. And we're going to do two different types of storage. So number one, we're really fortunate that my parents are down here and they've got some extra space. So every kid is going to get, you know, a Rubbermaid bin of stuff like, eh, I really like this, but I may not need it for three to six weeks, right? Or I'm reading this book series and I'm going to take the next three with me, but I have the whole series. So they're going to send the rest to the grandparents' house. That way, if we need things out of that bin, or if we go on the road, they really miss it, we can always have my parents send us a package, right? They can ship us anything wherever we are. Um, so that way it gave them a little bit of, a little confidence and a little bit of security that they didn't have to have this like scarcity mindset that they'd never get their stuff back, right? They know that we're gonna be here at Christmas. They know we could be back here in a heartbeat if we needed to, and they know that their stuff can get shipped to them. Um, and then the the other sort of tier for um, um, for storage is stuff that's going to go in a storage unit. That way, it's like if they just feel guilty about things, um, maybe have an emotion to it, aren't ready to part with it yet, but they know that they're not going to look at it in the next year, then it's just going to go in a storage unit and we'll worry about it later. Yep. So I think that's definitely helped them feel more comfortable with the process. Yeah, for sure. I also think that like we have kind of ingrained our kit. Like we donate things every year before Christmas because we know that they're going to get inevitably they're going to get a lot of things for Christmas. And so we have been our every one of our kids has grown up getting rid of a ton of shit in the month of December and donating it. Cause we, we did the same thing every year. We go through out of their rooms um, on what we should be donating to people that maybe need Christmas presents or whatever. And uh, so they've been on board for doing that from about mid November to mid December every year forever. So this wasn't a new process of like donating their things to an extent. <clears throat> And uh, it's just been at, at a much larger scale, right? Um, the I, I do think that, and I only say those two things about experiential items being of high value to us and also the donation routine that we've got on, because I don't think it's been that hard. Um, like our oldest bristled at it for a second. The rest of them are like full on adventurers. They're like, where are we going? Is there a Bucky's there? And uh, it like that, that's the priorities of what goes on really around and here. You candy like, on travel days. But okay. kids are so malleable. They're awesome. And, and like, I, I think it's going to be very, very fulfilling to like experience their, because they're 11 through four years old with like two year gaps in between them. And, and they're going to, by the time we're done with this, Hopefully they're going to have been to most of the states in the lower 48. 
And I I just think that's a pretty cool opportunity and they're viewing it like that. And we're building in their curriculum to match some of our travels. Um, You've got the East Coast and American history and things like that primed up to, to teach. And so when we correlate our travels to their learning as well, I think that that builds excitement for them too. So there, there's a lot of things that you're doing that are making this process smooth and kind of seamless from their perspective. Yeah. Or exciting. Yeah. But I will even throw out for anybody who's listening, who's not looking to get rid of all of their shit and move into an RV. Um, the process, even in our house, has made life so much smoother and so much calmer, um, which I, that was part of the draw of, you know, a smaller space. There's less cleaning. Like what if you could clean your whole house in like an hour on Sunday while you take the kids to Sunday donuts and you come back and I've like cleaned the whole RV and it's spick and span and I'm drinking my coffee with my feet up like. That's way easier than trying to manage a five bedroom, three bath home, right? Like our RV is the size of our kitchen and dining room. That's it. It it takes me an hour and a half to clean the kitchen and dining room. And then I still have the rest of the house. So like I end up stressed out Then the kids have chores when they had a million toys, nobody ever played with half the stuff, but for some reason it just got moved around and left on the floor all the time. So then there was just always like the tension between me having to tell the kids to pick up, them not wanting to pick up. And it, it was just an unnecessary fight a lot of the time. So this was one of the appeals I think for us was just that like, let's eliminate friction in life. And for us, there was a lot of friction in this house. And with the stuff in our house, it didn't really serve us. We got to a point where we had to serve everything else. And so I knew it was going to get easier, but I didn't expect it to be so powerful while we still lived here because getting rid of our stuff and getting back to that point where like our stuff was for us, right. Instead of working for our stuff, it's so much more enjoyable. And everyone is happier and there's less fighting, there's less complaining and, you know, there's less time that's taken away from fun stuff because we have to do chores. So it's just like all around, it's been a win-win. I would highly suggest if you're not going to sell your house and move into an RV, still declutter a bunch of stuff, right? Just get rid of it and feel that like that sense of like, life is just a lot lighter. Do you agree? Yeah. I, I And I think that's part of the reason I'm just very optimistic about the whole thing. And, and I don't mean optimistic. I mean, just excited because I feel like our family's grown closer together in just the last six months in the preparation process to an extent. Everybody's getting along better. Um, the kids are better. The, the family cohesion is better. Everybody's funny. Everybody's got jokes. And, uh, which you would expect in our family. And uh, so I think it's just going to be an exciting trip. And the other thing is that I don't know what other questions you had, but um, what other questions you were getting. But I think that most people would think that this is kind of like totally unconventional, right? And Mm -hmm. so (laughs) 
I, it's I like think the that, opposite of the American dream, right? You yeah. want to get like the big house and have the kids and the white picket fence. And like, we, I think we achieved that. Like we bought a house in the neighborhood that was like the neighborhood we wanted to be in for 15 years. Mm-hmm. Right. We bought a house in the neighborhood where we, we had to stretch financially eight years ago, seven years ago to make it happen. Right. Cause it was mm-hmm. that important to us. And then we were like, yes, American dream, like next level unlocked. But it, it is very strange to kind of take that and flip it on its head. Yeah. But I mean, it, I think what you realize is that you spend all your time doing things that are really unfulfilling, right? Like we've got, I don't know. It, we don't need to go down that rabbit hole, I guess. But like, I think that it, I'm, I'm excited to, to simplify more like what you're talking about, like the complexities of what we had put together because we were following a conventional path of, of thought and what we wanted to do. Um, I'm already feeling the benefits of unwinding a lot of those complexities. And so for me, like simplification with regards to our business and our investments and like what we're doing, um, simplifying each area of those uh, is is in, important to me as well because this has to be like an all-encompassing situation right so like you can't have freedom and peace of mind uh on the road and do all these experiences with your family if your businesses are overcomplicated and things yeah. like that and so it it sets me down a road of optimizing and processing and getting everything set up so that I can have peace of mind and I can enjoy those experiences with you guys. Cause like moving into an RV for the sake of moving into an RV is not what I'm fucking doing. And so like it, to, to our point about our 11 year old, like I I'm not going to uproot the whole family to move down the street and just live in 300 square feet to say we did it. I guess. Right. Um, so well, there, there's, there's a, a lot of, of intentionality. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and like, I think we're applying that level of intentionality and that filter with our stuff. We are applying it with our house. You are, you have to apply it with businesses as well, mm-hmm. right? Because you've got to make sure that you can cruise all around the country. Most of the time, you know, have Wi-Fi, but sometimes go Wi-Fi less for a week and have other people in charge of things and that like our financial situation is not going to burn through the ground. Right. And I think that's, that's what we were missing because if we lived our life from 2020, 2021, that era, which was chaos, right? Like we brought on a lot of chaos on ourselves with all the real estate that we owned and managed, a lot of the time poorly just because it was it was too much stuff there were too many moving parts all the time right it's just like the kids getting overwhelmed because they had too many toys to play with so we would not be able to take that life and uproot it and move it into an rv we would hate each other mm-hmm. right because you're taking something that isn't working in this setting and you're just putting it into a, a probably more stressful situation but you haven't fixed any of those core issues and so i think that you don't have to take it to this logical end and go move into an RV and be crazy. But 
applying that filter and that level of intentionality and figuring out how you want to actually live life and what's important and how you're you're utilizing your time are you creating you know more confusion and more tension and stressors in life than you really need like you can fix that in a sticks and bricks house right like that's what we've been doing for the last six months and that's why i feel like life has improved so yeah. much but i think that that that's something that's accessible for everyone but to take the chaos to take the overcomplication, take all the stressors take the tension take all of that and then put it into an rv yeah that's a no-go i think most people are just willing to sustain like the level of pain that they're dealing with and accept it as like the norm of what it is and like i think that's why like vision casting and like doing visions with you as far as like where do we want to be in three years it is so important and and having someone on your team that is willing to challenge the the conventional thought process as well um because i mean this is like what i teach and i preach and surround myself with people that are willing to go on this journey with me it, and is because ultimately it's like if something's not serving you whatever it is in your life for whatever reason like you need to unpeel it and understand like what why do you have those feelings about it why do you feel that way and then what's the direction you should be going with it like because some of this stuff on its face sounds fucking crazy like e even to the point like i've owned a house when we sell this house this is the first time i will not have owned a house in like 24 years um, but I mean, I still own a shitload of houses. So like our primary residence is what I'm talking about. Like, so for me, that took some, some thought process behind like why I would do that. Why would I not own a primary residence? And I mean, even though we own whatever, 50 other rentals and a bunch of other shit storage and 30 down in Corpus, like we own a lot of real estate, but like to not own the house that we have. That's why my initial thought when we thought of this was to keep our house. And I was yeah. like, we're going to keep our house. And uh, then we kind of worked through that. And, and the question was like, why? Why? Mm -hmm. Are we coming back to Houston? No. Okay. Why would you keep the house? Well, it's an investment. Okay. Explain that investment to me. And What's the opportunity you start, cost? You start chopping okay. it up with, with opportunity costs and everything else. Can I take that money and can I go buy another 15 houses and does that wh what does that do for us okay and so i mean it, it was just a progression of being open-minded and and being willing to ask like myself tough questions and not getting boxed into like my ego being tied around something or like what will people think of me because i i mean I, I don't really give a shit about that but like i could see that being a thing um, but you, you just really get to questioning every kind of aspect of things. And then the reality is like, there's no, there's no rules to this. And, and like, I mean, if you kind of understand that the whole system's rigged anyway, and your job is to go peel out, carve out your own little piece of existence in the best and most fulfilling way to those that you care about and yourself like then you can kind of embrace that and figure out what you want to do 
Um, but I think most people just don't do that. And if you get caught in the system, um, I mean, this is just like one more way to break the conventional chains of things as far as like not being in the corporate hamster wheel, not contributing my money to qualified plans. I mean, it's just one more aspect. It's one more step along the lines of carving out our own path of things. Yeah. So I'm excited. Yeah, I think that it, I think that it's going to be transformative for our family. And I think that we'll have a lot of lessons learned. But I'm also excited to as much as I'm excited to travel, I do think that there's an end date to it of when we come back and kind of settle down, too. Um, so what that looks like is TBD. But yeah. for me, like. But as we go through this process as well, like I'm just adding more adventures like, oh, I've never been there. Oh, I want to do that. Oh, like we should cool. go to Alaska. It we makes it even harder because we're not trying to get cold. Right. Because we are now through and through Houstonians and I need humidity and I need heat. And I don't care if I sweat like a mofo. I'm totally fine with it. Um, like we can rock Houston summers and. I don't want to like be in snow. I want to go visit snow very briefly. I don't want to try and drive around snow anymore, which is funny because we're both from the Midwest. So we both grew up with snow. Right. Yeah. But that's got like, there's a lifespan to that. Like, I don't want to do it forever. Um, so as we just kind of, cause we've roughly planned out our first year, if we can, you know, kind of launch out of Houston, April, 2024, I have planned through April, 2025 with next winter after Christmas and Gunner's birthday doing the Florida Keys and Universal Studios and Disney and all that fun stuff for the kids. And then that gives you, you know, spring to late fall to then come out of Florida. And where do you head? Do you do DC and New England? Because that's a whole summer trip. Or do you head out to Montana and start at Glacier National Park and then just work your way south and do all those national parks? Cause then you're out of summer again and you got to go back South for another winter. Yeah. And then that takes you now into what spring of 2026. Logistics are a big deal guys. <laughs> send, send us your suggested routes. I'd love to hear them. I'd love to hear them. Um, yes. Must see, must do, must eat places all across the country. Yeah. We, we are compiling lists of places where we, we have to go. Um, did you have any other topics that you wanted to hit on specifically? Because I think like, I mean, we've we've covered comprehensively a lot of things with regards to like why we're doing it and what we're doing with our family. Um, I, I mean, I think there's some natural next questions that go along with like finances and then like maintaining health on the road. Yes. So those like, are two really big ones. It's what's the, what's the fitness regime going to look like now? How do you... Keep your nutrition dialed in on the road. Some of that's TBD, right? Like we just know it's going to be different. Um, yeah. We know kind of what our our basic principles are. Like we know how we eat. We just have to change how we eat in a larger, um, maybe more well-equipped kitchen. Although I will say my new kitchen is pretty badass. Um, so I fully intend to be able to be able to meal prep and do all my stuff in there. Um, but yeah, we're 
I'm not going to wake up at five o'clock in the morning and go to the gym. That's one mile down the road anymore. So I'm enjoying that right now while I have it I'm being very grateful, even on the days I don't want to go work out. Cause I'm like, this won't last forever. Um, yeah. So our workouts are going to change. The timing is going to change. Like everything is just going to change and it's going to be finding kind of a new rhythm in life that works. Um, the finance question is, that's a big one. People want to know kind of what the startup cost is. Like, what does it cost to buy an RV? Um, then what does it cost if you have to buy a truck to haul it? You know, what about campground fees every night? Um, insurance is different because you're paying for full-time insurance versus just recreational insurance. Um, so I think we'll probably do an entire separate podcast just on kind of the numbers of this whole thing. Some people do this to save money. That was not our goal. Um, I think that we probably will save money. Um, but for some people, depending on, we'll see about that. <laughs> well, I know a payment on the RV we bought is going to be steep. Um, but it's going to be less than our current mortgage. So we we should probably find some cost savings in there. But we're also going to spend more money probably going out to eat. We're going to spend and more on experiences. money doing the experiences, yes. right? Going swimming with the manatees and like hiring a tour guide to take us out on a boat to do something awesome when we're, we're in a cool spot. Um, I, I pick up all the tabs for those parties of six. I, I know. I know what it's going to be. I know. We God ain't bless saving you. no money. <laughs> anyway, but some people do it for money to save money and like sure. maybe buy their dream house or buy land or things like that. Um, so that could be relevant information. Then a lot of people just kind of want to know like what will a day in life look like? Um, yeah. Where are you going to pack all of your shit in the RV? Like how? Where do your clothes go? Where do like where's your stuff go? Right? Um, kind of how are the kids going to do school? on the road, um, all sorts of stuff. So we've got some great questions. I'm making a list. We're going to just kind of knock this stuff out. Some of it we don't have answers to yet, right? Like what's a day in yeah. life look like? I don't know. But I don't know. Because like I'm, I'm kind of a guy who enjoys routine as yeah. well. And so like that, that's one of the biggest areas of apprehension for me, uh, full transparency, is that like, we're not going to have a level of consistency with regards to like, even if we move, even if we stay places every three or four weeks, um, it, it's going to disrupt your schedule every three or four weeks. And so you think about the the ability to make progress and do things like that. Cause I mean, I'm a highly motivated driven person. And the one thing that I don't not do ever is get my stuff done. And so yeah. like, but also like we've been in situations where life is very disrupted and doing those critical tasks can change my mood, my, the way I show up for our kids, the way I show up for you. And so all of that That's is, important. yeah. But I mean, like all of that stuff is like to be determined and how can you, how can you set a road road routine that's not dependent on where you're at. And so kind of that's what I'm eyeballing on, like control the controllables, don't rely on all the variables. And so yes. like, I'm sure there'll be moments in time where we're close to a gym and that will be an amazing three weeks, like nice to have. Um, but most of the time, I think what we need to do is build structure and framework that doesn't rely on any of that stuff. And so 
maybe maybe it's developing our own workouts, developing our own routines around those and and controlling those no matter what. And then if the situation is nice to have or a good, better, best scenario and you have the best case scenario, you get to do that while it's it's best. Uh, right. But your expectation is the good. And I, mean, uh, I think anybody who knows us knows that like we're both very, very big on habits. Right. And like figuring out reverse engineering, like what you want to have. Okay. Well then who do you have to become to have it? Right. Like we've both done 75 hard multiple times. We've both done the live hard program. So we have built in kind of a system, like a daily system of checks and balances where it's really hard to get off the rails too much. Right. So like my, I've got the app streaks on my phone and it is one of my favorite apps. And I know you tell all of your clients to get it and you guys use it. Um, but like my big goals for this year, when I was doing annual planning, it was just to be like consistent as a mofo the whole year and like concentrate on, did I win my day? Winning yep. my day is like, you know, I'm, I've worked out, I've hit a protein target for the day. Um, I drank enough water, didn't drink alcohol. Um, you know, I had quality time with the people in my family. Um, I walk my dog, like all of those things, right? And I check them off every single day. And if you do that, if you work out every day, you hit your protein target, you're actually spending intentional time with your loved ones, you're walking your dog, everybody is happy and you're winning your day. And if you stack up a whole bunch of days that you've now won, then like you're winning at life. So I didn't have any giant goals this year because I know that it is going to be exactly like you're saying. It's going to be a challenge to make sure that you're checking off all those little things every day. So that's going to be the focus. Yep. Awesome. Well, where can people find you as you embark on this journey? They can find me on probably Instagram is the best spot these days. So okay. I am the Kirsten Smith. It's K-I-R-S-T-I-N. And I would say if you've got any questions or you want us to make some content, you want us to, I don't know, make videos, podcasts, whatever. Um, if you've got topics, then shoot me a DM, let me know. And I am happy to add it to the list. And as soon as we have answers to it, we will answer your questions too. Absolutely. Thanks, Kirsten. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you being here. Thanks for having me.